Welcome to Six Pack. I'm your host, Erin Inselman. This is an uncut show that supports parents in the enjoyment of raising children and having the fire and spirit to do life, with a side of sarcasm and humor, of course. I'm a mom of six, a wife, and a business owner in the health and fitness industry. Each week, myself and other experts will be sharing pointers and stories on parenting, self-growth, health and fitness, and relationships. Join me for this real and raw show dedicated to sharing tips, tribulations, and the triumphs of everyday life. Hello, I hope you're having a great start to your week. Thank you so much for joining me again. I am excited about this week's episode. So this week, I actually wanted to talk about love. My definition of love may be different than yours, but you know how the saying goes, love makes the world go round, I feel is just spot on. When we feel love or loved, our mind, our spirit, and our body, it just feels good. And I believe that loving ourselves or self-love is completely vital before we can fully give love to other people. And understanding what our love language is can only support ourselves and help us continue to grow. So quite a few years ago, I read a book called The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman. And gosh, I mean, this was like, this was a few years ago that I was introduced to it. And it was one of those books that I've gone back to numerous times like many other books that I've shared with you as well. But it definitely was just another bit of information and more tools that I felt like I had in order to continue to grow my relationships, my relationship with my spouse, my relationship with my kids, and with those that are around me. Not only that, but just understanding my own love and what my own love language is. And so actually the book was, Dr. Chapman wrote this book, Gosh, I want to say like in the early 90s, if I'm correct, I probably should have looked that up before, you know, before I started talking about it. But he explains how and what makes one person feel loved isn't always the same for their partner or their children or their spouse. And so every person understands and receives love differently. And what I thought was really kind of cool was that this actually, there's like, not only when I was reading the book, but then there's like a quiz that you can take. And the quiz is actually for free. And so the five love language quiz actually can be found on www.5, like the number five, five lovelanguages.com. And since like his first publication in the early 90s, he has actually like stacked upon that where now there's like, Five love languages for parents raising kids, for teens, for kids with disabilities, for couples, for singles. So there's all kinds of different quizzes that can be taken depending on where you're at, you know, within your relationships with people or where you're at with yourself, you know, whether it's like I said, a spouse, a partner, just yourself, even knowing the difference, you know, in like how your kids that are in the teenage years might respond, or if you have a child with special needs, how they might respond and what their love language is. And so I absolutely love this. Not only that, but it was really, I mean, I think that it's always 
fun kind of to do these type of quizzes. Like we talked about before, like the Myers-Briggs strength finders, things like that. I think the more that I can learn about myself, obviously the more it's going to help me grow. And when, you know, when I did the quiz and learned what my love language was, I, you know, I was pretty, yeah, I mean, I wasn't completely surprised, but it was just really kind of nice one for like me to confirm that, but two, just to understand like the different categories. And then it was even more intriguing for me to understand like what my husband's was and what my kids were so that I could make my relationship stronger with them. And I knew what it was with that they needed when it came to love. The funny thing is, is that actually when I had my husband take this, I think that he was a little, a little disappointed in a sense, because there is, I'll go over the five different love languages, but there was one on physical touch. And, you know, he, I think, associated that with like sex instead of actual physical, you know, physical touch about just like the hand holding or the hugging and, and that kind of thing. And so he, you know, didn't quite, I guess, realize that the two were different or would just kind of was like questioning that a little bit. And I think that that also has passed, has to do with like the female and the male brain. So the talk today or the episode today is not about sex. It's actually just strictly about love. And so I thought it was kind of funny because immediately the song that kind of came to my head was Let's Talk About Sex Baby and, um, you know, by good old salt and pepper. But that is actually not this, the uh, the topic of today. So it's actually breaking down what those five languages are. So So if you're expecting a sex talk today, that's going to be probably a later episode when I am feeling a little bit more comfortable. But today is on love. And so I thought we would start by actually just talking about ourselves first and what those different love languages are. So there are five love languages, and it doesn't matter if you're talking about yourself, your partner, you know, whether you're a couple, whether you're talking about your kids. So the five love languages are words of affirmation quality time, gift giving, acts of service, and physical touch. So in order to kind of look at ourselves a little bit more, let's just start with physical touch. So physical touch in regards to ourself, that means looking at ourself. And if your love language, like if you take this quiz and you find out what your love language is, and a lot of times it'll give you like a primary one and a secondary one. So it's kind of nice to know you know, what's your like primary love languages and then kind of like what's your second in line as well. And, you know, you might be very close also in your scores on deciding or in figuring out, you know, what your top and what your second are. They might be pretty close together or just by a couple points off. But I also do want to bring up the fact that just because you know what your top two love languages are doesn't mean that we don't need all of them. And so I think that that was something that was really that I had noticed is that especially when I found out what my kids love languages were and then I went back to remind myself, not every situation where, you know, that comes about is going to be their first two love languages. There's going to be other times where they will need you to tap into what those other languages are to help them depending on situations that happen. And this might make more sense after I give you some examples. But going back to ourselves, so physical touch. So these are things that make like us feel good. 
you know, whether it's focusing on our body or whether it's just focusing like on your physical well-being. So things that you might enjoy, you know, if your top love language is physical touch, like, you know, maybe you like to just curl up with a soft blanket or you really love to go get massages or like love spa days, pedicures, manicures, that kind of thing. Or maybe it's really important for you to have like a good skincare routine or, you know, you love to work out or swim or, you know, it's important for you to do yoga, things like that. So that kind of goes along with physical touch. So for self-love, like for yourself, if one of your top ones is physical touch, those are things that you need to make sure that you have for yourself in order to, to feel that love. The next one, acts of service. So this is where like you get so juiced and you absolutely love doing or arranging things because this makes you feel good. So like if you're that kind of person that you love to clean or you love to like decorate, rearrange the furniture in your house, like that just makes you feel so fulfilled or you love to have like your schedule in place because it's just one of those things that, you know, makes you feel blessed, then, you know, that's something that kind of falls along those lines of access service for yourself. Not access service for others, but access service for yourself. Things that help you. And then one of the the third ones, you know, one of the next ones is receiving gifts. So this is about like I said, this is just about yourself right now. This is not about others. This is about treating yourself, treating yourself by purchasing things, getting things that like make you happy, give you so much joy, whether it's like if you like to craft, maybe you, you know, getting, you know, some new craft items or you love, you loved clothes or you love sunglasses or purses. Um, It's just kind of like those indulgences for investing in yourself. You know, maybe it's trips even. Maybe that's like a way that you like to treat yourself is to go on a trip with, you know, either by yourself or a significant other with your girlfriends. So it's about, like I said, investing in you. The fourth one I want to talk about in regards to self-love or yourself is quality time. So that might be Doing things that you love, like if you have some hobbies that you love, if you just want to spend time alone, that is quality time for yourself. If you want to just do things that like help you relax, like maybe you just want to go and sit out on the deck by yourself or you love to spend time by yourself through meditation or you love to go and, you know, like I said, like you have a hobby, maybe you like to play tennis or maybe you like to um, have some type of creative time. Like maybe you just want to read a book or maybe, you know, you just like to take yourself out on a date. Maybe go see a movie by yourself or go have a cup of coffee by yourself. This is quality time just for you. Spending time alone by yourself. Words of affirmation is um, the fifth one that I want to talk about and when it comes to self-love. So that is giving yourself pep talks and encouraging yourself. This is actually one of my top ones is words of affirmation, where it is positive talk. It's daily affirmations. It's journaling. It's mantras. You know, it's it's all those kinds of things for myself in order to keep me lifted, keep me engaged, keep me like manifesting the things that I want. It's all about the encouragement, you know, for myself. And so those are different forms of or different examples when it comes to words of affirmation that you can use. So I would say 
take that quiz and find out what your love languages are. Then if you are in a relationship or you, you know, have a spouse or a partner, then I would also suggest the quiz for your partner as well. And to be honest, like this is actually kind of like a fun setup, you know, even for like a date night or something like that to where, you know, you each take, that's actually how Brian and I actually did it to begin with like a number of years ago was it's, you know, each of us take the quiz. And then, you know, of course I had this thing in my head where I'm like, oh, and it would be really great. Like we'll go on a date night. We'll talk about what it is and, you know, learn a lot about each other. (laughs) Well, that's a total like chick thing to do. Of course, he wasn't completely down with that, but we did still talk about it and we did still, you know, learn those things about each other. And it has helped me immensely because when things like when, especially when like conflict arises within our relationship, I go back to that love language or what his love language is so that I can readdress like how I should handle that conflict based on what his love language is. Like what would make him, you know, feel that I am listening to him, that, you know, that I'm understanding the language that he is speaking. Because let's face it, language between men and women are very different when it comes to love. Language between our kids and ourself is very different when it comes to love. And so that's why this this tool has been so important for me in understanding you know, how to kind of continue to grow that relationship with the people in my life. So, you know, let's just kind of start at the top again with physical touch. So in this is talking about like your spouse or your significant other, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, you know, anything kind of in that realm of, you know, a relationship that is, you know, kind of on a different level. So physical touch. So physical touch is actually, like I said, it is not a sexual touch that shows your spouse or your partner that you are there. It's not something sexual. It's more like that long hug or a kiss or holding their hand or even like running your fingers through their hair. It's something that's, you know, just letting them know that you're there or even like placing your hand on their shoulder, even a massage, something like that. But like I said, it doesn't cross that like sexual line. Now, if your spouse's love language is touch, then after any type of conflict, they just want to be held. They don't want to go into it. They don't want to talk about it. They just want you to hold them. And so, like I said, if your spouse's love language is physical touch, that's kind of what you need to tune into a little bit. And sometimes that's hard for us, for those of us that do like to talk things out. And there's definitely a time and a place for that. But in talking about, you know, in, after any type of conflict, like that's really what they need. That is really what they need. Is they just want to know that you're there touching them, holding them, making them feel secure. And so let's talk about the second one, acts of service. So acts of service. And again, this is just like in within your relationship, like your intimate relationship. So acts of service. So this is like, this is an act that eases any type of stress or burden of responsibility. So you could like help with the dishes, like help clean up, even like going and filling their car up with gas, anything you see that's like a burden for them, you know, maybe taking their clothes to the dry cleaner, things like that. So if your spouse's is active service, like anything you can do to help your spouse will mean so, so much to them. 
So if your spouse's love language is acts of service, then you need to work to make like behavioral changes sometimes, especially like after conflict. If they are telling you that they need you to help them, then they have expressed to you that this is what's important to them. It is important for them to like have you help them mow the lawn, have you help them with dinner, have you help them clean up the house, or like I said, just those little, have them help you like even if there's something where they have a lot of work to get done, but they feel like they have all these other things to do on their to-do list, then a good way to, you know, to ask that is, what can I do to help you? What can I do to like ease the burden that you have so that you can go do the things that you want to do? So when it comes to acts of service with your spouse, those are, you know, a couple examples of ways that could be helpful. Then giving gifts or the gift aspect of the love language. So giving gifts, that's something tangible. When it comes to your spouse, now it's a little different, obviously, in like receiving gifts for yourself because those are things like that you want to do with investing in yourself. But when it comes to your spouse, like giving gifts is there, obviously it's tangible. It's some kind of a tangible symbol that requires thoughtfulness and effort. Now that doesn't mean like it has to be something extravagant, but just be thoughtful. Like think about making their birthday or anniversary or any special event that they have, any special accomplishment that they have a little bit bigger, a little bit better than maybe what you, you know, than just kind of the average event. And think of what they would want, not what you want to give them. Because a lot of times we're like, oh, I would love to get this for someone. But be thoughtful in like, is that what really your spouse wants? Not what you want to give them, but what they want. Or if there's conflict, if there's some kind of a fight or something like that, or a disagreement that you have, you know, it can be simple. It can be even like a physical love note or an apology note, something like that. Like they really love that. And even if it's not conflict, even just the little notes, the little notes that you could leave them, like even just put a sticky like on their steering wheel of their car, telling them, you know, that you love them, which kind of goes a little bit, obviously, with like words of affirmation. But to them, it's still a gift or, you know, leaving them like if they have a favorite candy or something like that, you know, just when you're at the store picking them up, like some, you know, whatever their favorite candy is, that's a way of giving gift to them that was actually required like thoughtfulness on your part. Like I said, it doesn't have to be anything like that costs a lot of money or really extravagant. It's more about like the thoughtfulness and the effort that you put in to giving the gift and really making a big deal on days that are important to them. You know, like birthdays, anniversaries, like I said, promotions, big accomplishments, things like that. That's something that is definitely very important to them. So just consider some of those kind of things. Then quality time. So quality time is the fourth love language. And these don't have any particular order. These are just the order that I'm going in. But quality time focuses on like undivided attention spent together. That means turn the phone off, turn the TV off, no interruptions. Try to be focused on that person that you are with. Like plan those date nights, do something together together. Make sure that when you are talking to them that they're, you know, that eye contact is made. And especially like even after some type of conflict or anything like that, going back to that love part, like you need to be a listener. You need to be a really good listener and don't interrupt them. They hate it when you interrupt them. 
You just need to sit there and take it all in so that they really feel like they're valued and that you are spending that time together because it's something that they absolutely crave. Like they crave quality time with you. Like that's all that they want is to be able to like spend time with you. It doesn't have to be, you know, anything crazy or big or, you know, like this awesome date night or anything. It's honestly just like they're totally good with just riding in the car with you or, you know, sitting, you know, together with no interruptions, just the two of you. And so that's something that like they actually really crave is just that time together. One of my kids is like, this is her number one is quality time. And if she doesn't get it, like I can just tell like she, you know, all other things around her kind of start to fall apart a little bit. And she really just honestly like needs me to sit and spend time with her and listen to her. And, you know, it's not like about going out and getting her a toy or, you know, you know, making sure that she has like a great time at like a movie or something like she just wants to be with me. She just wants to be with someone. And that's something that like fills her back up with love. And then the fourth one, when it comes to like spouse or intimate type relationship is words of affirmation. This is where people need to hear their partner say, I love you. And that's not like that day to day. I love you. Like you come in the house and it's like, oh, hi, you know, how was your day? Good, good. You know, give you a kiss on the cheek. I love you. Like it actually is something that's very sincere. They need to hear those words and it needs to be sincerity behind it. Not just routine, not just routine. Like, you know, when you leave in the morning and you say, I love you, bye. So even better is like including like a reason behind why you love them. I love you because gosh, you always do whatever you can to make my life easier. I love you because I love when you know, you sing off key in the car and you tell a joke and you think it's funny and it's really not funny, but you laugh hysterically at yourself. Like things like that. Give detail on why you love that person and what you love about them. So people who their love language, their top love language is words of affirmation. It means even not only do they need to hear you say that you love them, but it even means more to them when there's a reason behind that love. So verbal compliments that express love and appreciation, that is like spot on for them. So in other words, like even like bragging to others about your spouse or your girlfriend, boyfriend, your partner, writing love letters to them, speaking words that build like security and, you know, making sure that if there is some kind of conflict that when there is that you just you need to apologize and it needs to be sincere. Like that's what they need in order to feel resolved in any type of conflict. Okay, so that's for spouses. Now, I do want to talk about kids because this is another thing that has really helped me, especially having, you know, as large of a family that we have and everything. I mean, things like this, like these are things that help me stay organized in a sense. And maybe it's silly, maybe, you know, whatever. This is just like kind of my way of doing it because I just like, I can't even remember sometimes like when I'm making food for them. And it's like taco night. I can't remember like what kid likes sour cream and what kid doesn't like they've told me a million times, but it just, I just can't remember it. And so, I mean, things like this, like things that are like so valuable, I actually write this down. So like even in my notes on my phone, I have every single one of my kids and my husband in there. And I have down what like their top scores are for their love languages, because 
first of all, I don't know. It just, it, sometimes it just doesn't stick, but it's important to me. And so I always want to kind of readdress it. You know, I can't, I can remember, you know, like their top one usually, but just so that I always like have their scores with me. It's just one of those things that I constantly access because like I had mentioned before, just because they have a top one or top two love languages, um, all five languages are important to everyone. And so depending on the circumstance, sometimes you need to kind of look and see what is it really that, you know, that they need where you let that instinct kind of kick in a little bit, but still, I just found like this was just super helpful. These tips and understanding these different languages, what it really meant. And so, okay, let's move on to kids. So love languages for kids. So let's start again with that physical or that touch. Okay. So this is means like for a kid, this means I'm just going to give examples right now. So for kids, this means like, just give them a hug, hold their hand when you're like, you're walking to school or you're walking to the store. When they get out of the car, you know, touch their hand, touch their shoulder, say, you know, give them a kiss on the cheek or, or whatever and say, you know what, have a, have a great day. They love to like snuggle up and read together, watch a show together, any type of cuddle time, no matter how old they are. Serious. Like my 22 year old, like sometimes I can just tell when like she needs touch. And I think like this, when we did this, like this was something I I realized is that when they're little, like we hug and we kiss on them so much. And like, you know, we're very, very affectionate when it comes to touch. But then as they get to like get older and get through a certain age, there's like those boundaries start to happen, you know, to where there's not as much physical touch. And obviously, I mean, you know, straightforward, like no jokes aside. I mean, like definitely appropriate touch. But, you know, I think, you know, being the listeners that you are, you know, understanding the difference in like, you know, when your kids start to be teenagers, like you don't have that same kind of hug with them like you did when they were four and five. But even when they're 22 or 23, like they still need you to hold them sometimes and they still need you to hug them because think about it. Our little ones get that constantly. You know, they get it from us. They get it from grandparents. They get it from teachers. I mean, everybody. But as they get older, honestly, like unless they have, you know, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or someone that's, you know, a a really close friend of theirs, they don't have a lot. That touch starts to go away. And I don't know about you, but like as an adult, I need that sometimes. Like I need that energy from other people. And so I would say, if you have an older child, don't be afraid to show them some type of touch or affection. Like you might have one that is like, nope, I'm good. Don't need you to touch me. But once you figure out their love language, if you have an older teen or an older child, if one of their top love languages for t- is touch, like don't be afraid to show them physically, you know, how much you love them and how much you care about them because they crave that. They need that. And if they don't have someone in their life that's giving them that, it's kind of feels like a void that isn't being fulfilled. All right. So acts of service for kids. So service for kids, you know, like a really cool thing for acts of service for kids is when they're gone, clean their room for them. I know that kind of goes against like some of the things like (laughs) that. And I'm not saying every time. Absolutely. I am not saying that every time, but I'm saying as an act of love, like, Wouldn't it be awesome for them if theirs is, you know, acts of service to come home to like mom clean to their room? Because you know that mom or dad cleans their room way better than they clean their room. And how that feels to walk into 
like that nice surprise of their room being clean. Or, you know, just another act of service, really simple, helping them with their homework, teaching them something new, you know, going outside and, you know, teaching them, you know, maybe how to shoot the ball or, you know, how to, you know, work on their stroke in the swimming pool or, you know, how to sew or how to do some type of craft, something like that. And then another like beautiful, beautiful thing of acts of service is volunteer together. Do something to volunteer for you, your community or for your school, for your church, something like that. Do some type of volunteer work together. It is such a beautiful experience to be able to do that with your child if that is like one of their top love languages. Like the meaning behind it to them is something that they just will never forget, things that they will never forget. And it, it, it's just it's just such a such a beautiful thing to be able to give um, to other people. If you have a child whose top is or one of their tops is receiving gifts, then um, just do small things. Doesn't like I said, just like with the partner, like it does not need to be big, extravagant things like simple, small, little gifts. This was, you know, something like different surprises, different, you know, like even a surprise party would go a long way or even rewards for behavior. Like, you know, that most of us have all done this, like the treasure box things to where, especially like when we're training, like doing, remember when you were doing potty training, something like that, you know, always those rewards for behavior, those teachers that are listening, like, I know, you know what I'm talking about when it talks about, you know, that treasure box or different rewards for behavior, because it's reinforced. And if their love language is gifts, then it's going to go a long way with them. And that behavior is going to stick a lot better. Other fun things, like I said, leaving notes with little trinkets like in their backpacks or their rooms or their lunchbox, even like an extra treat in their lunchbox or something like that. A new piece of clothing or, you know, a new headband, new earrings, you know, a new soccer ball, new football, something like that, you know, for, you know, for no reason or for a special occasion. So this is something that really like triggers with them and is juices them a lot is like anytime they can receive gifts. It just it makes them feel like you love them. And so if your child's uh, top one is gifts, then those are some ideas for you as well. Quality time. So again, the quality time, going on a bike ride together, cooking together, playing a game, watching a show, throwing the ball around, reading, going on walks, anything you can do to spend time together that hits the quality time. And then the last one for kids is words of affirmation. So this one is huge with one of my kids as well. Telling them that you love them daily. But like I said, putting that meaning behind it, giving them examples of them, telling them of how proud you are of them. And I don't mean once in a while, I mean regularly. So words of affirmation, if that's your kid's top one, like all they want to do is please you. They need those words of affirmation because they want to know how proud you are of them. So find reasons to congratulate them, to encourage them, and really, really try to avoid like harmful words because it is just like a dagger in the heart when harmful words are used or tones even in your voice. Those not only will like, like I said, hurt their hearts, but it goes so deep to their soul. And so if you have a child who their top um, one is words of affirmation, just be very careful with the words that are chosen because it definitely has like a lasting, you know, impact. But like I said, these are, these are just kind of ideas, kind of tips, you know, anything from like, what is the love language for yourself? Cause like, like I said before, like knowing about yourself, learning about yourself, 
you know, is so important and appreciating, you know, yourself is definitely something that I don't think we do often enough, but that needs to be done. So learn what your love language is, because once you learn what your love language is, it'll help you feed your own body and your own soul better, but it'll also help you definitely in your relationship with your significant other. And then learning what your significant other's love language is, it's just going to help your relationship grow. And, you know, it's one of those things that you may have not have thought of, but it's kind of cool because once you start to learn what these love languages are, you can kind of detect them or pick them up in other people. Other people that's not like your spouse or, or your kids, but just people that you know, people that you're kind of close with. Because many times, whatever someone's like dominant love language is, that is typically the language that they use when they're showing love to someone else. For example, if your top love language is gift giving, like you might have a friend that loves to give you gifts, loves to give like that's or loves to give everybody gifts like that's their way of showing, you know, people that they care about them. Most likely, not all the time, but most likely that's one of their top love languages is because that's the way that they feel good when someone loves them. So they want to share that with someone else. But which is awesome because then it helps us like without having someone, oh, hey, please take this quiz. It kind of helps us know what that person's love language is. But I think that also if you do specifically know like what your spouse or what your kids love languages are, make sure that, you know, you're aware of that and you're not putting your love language on them just because it's something that you want, because that might not be what they need. Does that kind of make sense a little bit? So um, like I said, this was this book when I read it a few years ago, it was just, I loved the tools that it gave me because it helped me learn so much about my family and the needs that they have in regards to love, because all I want them to do is feel love for me and for me to know, you know, the things that they value and what their top love languages are. It was just something that, you know, made it a little bit more black and white for me so that I wasn't always trying to kind of figure out like, what is it that they need? What is it that I can give them? And in regards to like my relationship with, you know, with my husband, like, let's face it, like we've been married 23 years. I mean, anybody, you know, that is married or, you know, in a relationship, like it's not roses every day. Like there's peaks and there's valleys and So this was something that I like to fall back on because especially like when I kind of feel, when we kind of feel, or I should say when I feel like kind of we're out of touch with each other, it's something that I can look back on to see like what are his top love languages so that, you know, I can try to like reconnect again because, you know, day-to-day stuff, I mean, that's just life. That's just how things happen. And I think that any of us say that, you know, I mean... God bless you for if you have like one of those relationships that's just like awesome every day. You know, I think the reality is, is that or my reality is, is that it's just not. But that doesn't mean that, you know, I don't love my spouse any less. It just means that, you know, there's times where I need to put a little bit more effort, a little bit more focus into it. And knowing what my spouse's love languages are has actually really helped me with that. Because like I said, it creates something that was a little bit more black and white for me so that I didn't always feel like I was trying to figure things out. Like I knew, I knew what his triggers were and I knew what things that would make him feel loved. And so if I could just tap into that, it was kind of like I was, you know, kind of taking a fast track to getting him feel 
that love from me. So anyways, I hope these were helpful for you. Super fun, like super fun to know actually a little bit more about yourself, more about your spouse, more about your kids. I mean, I say super fun because those are things that I enjoy. You might not find that super fun, but I hope that you take the quiz and that, you know, it's something that, like I said, that you can help to grow and learn your kids and your spouse's love language a little bit better and a little bit more. So hopefully today's episode was informative for you, gave you a little bit of tips. If you've taken the quiz before and it was a couple years ago or even longer than that, that since the book's been out so long, you know, maybe take the quiz again and see if, you know, see if you still match up or maybe you kind of forgot what yours were. You know, like I said, it's a great kind of start to like even date night to get conversation going even like conversation around the dinner table, have everybody take the quiz, or if kids are already off to college and that kind of thing, do a little FaceTime, especially kids that are away. You know, it's kind of nice to know because they don't have that contact with you every day. So if you know what their love languages are, then it's something that as a parent from a distance that you can kind of keep feeding for them because many of our kids have gone back to college now And, you know, some of them are experiencing, gosh, they were home with us for so long that some of them them are experiencing, you know, some homesickness. And so, you know, knowing what their love language is, especially if it's gift giving, like send them an awesome care package or send them a beautiful card or text them some note, things like that. I know it might be hard if their love top love language is quality time, but, you know, even just quality time over FaceTime together is still time together, you know. Pick a favorite show that the both of you like, and there is nothing wrong with them sitting on one end of the phone and you on the other end of the phone and you guys watching a show together. So there's creative ways to go about it, even if your kids aren't with you. But love you all. Have such a blessed week. And I can't wait to share next week's episode with you. Bye bye. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Six Pack. I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard today. Please share this episode with a friend. And if you haven't already, click subscribe. Rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Have a beautiful week and tell the important people in your life just how much you care about them. Much love and blessings to you all.